Hello, everybody. This is Julie Lydoff with JAL Consulting, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and you are listening to episode 119 of Chasing Dreams. Can you believe that? 119. It's been a while since I've been blown by that, but I am still blown by that. And for this lovely episode, I have a new friend on, and I'm so stoked because she's awesome. Her name is Julie Lightoff. She began her career in the Kansas City, Missouri area as a marketing and administrative manager culminating at Vista Productions, Inc., where she served as their vice president for business development and event operations. Her talents as the gal who brings it on budget while paying attention to all the details makes her one of our most sought-after show producers. Her calming demeanor under pressure combined with her creative problem-solving makes her a perfect tee to lead the event team. Her vast knowledge of all aspects of event production and her ability to manage multi-million dollar production budgets puts all of our venues, vendors, and clients at ease. And that is written by one of her clients, I believe. I mean, how awesome is that in such a glowing review? Julie, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. So, Julie, we met in a small little room in L.A. or Anaheim because you were helping out and producing the Podcast Movement Conference, right? I was. It was my first year, and yeah, a pleasure to be there and a pleasure to meet you among all the podcasters that was there. It was a new environment to me and just very, very exciting. So loved meeting everybody. Guys, here's how I knew that Julie and I were going to be friends. She busted out a binder. And this binder was so well tabbed and marked and organized that the little nerd in me was like giggling and squealing with joy. Although I was working, I was like, she has a binder. Do you see how organized she is? It's amazing. Uh, oh, that makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had this binder. It must have been at least two inches thick. And it yeah. had tabs. I don't know. Was it color coded too? Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, my scripts are color coded. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, what? Never before have I seen this. I mean, I, I've had the level in law school and stuff like that, but never have I seen someone else have that level of detail. And I was like, we're going to be friends. I didn't tell you at that time, but I knew it. No, you didn't. That's funny. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that observation. Yeah, I was like, what? And then I was like, what is she doing? What? She's just really into this book. What can you just describe real quick? What is that book for you? Um, well, it's, it's kind of everything. I mean, I, I have everything electronically as well and everything's organized, you know, like library on my emails and all my folders, but I'm still a girl who unfortunately takes some paper and prints things still. It's kind of my processing 
and it's just my way of keeping track of all of the schedules and all the details of whatever event or um, conference or meeting that I'm, you know, a part of and producing just all the details in black and white and in color. <laughs> so it's, it's a good reference tool of everything. And if anybody needs any information, it's right at hand. So I'm not sure if everyone understands actually what Julie does. Have you ever, yeah, you probably watch TV. Well, I'm going to assume my listeners watch TV. Yeah. And you've seen like yeah. shows, figure skating, the uh, the Olympics, that kind of thing, right? Well, Julie right. is one of the people behind the scenes who helps put those huge, massive events and productions together. Uh, aside from podcast movement, she's done several others, U.S. figure skating, uh, Red Brick Sports World Figure Skating Championships, American Heart Association's annual Heartball the Scripps National Spelling Bee. These are just a few of them. And when she was, when we were talking, I'm like, you people exist? You're like the the little elves in the woods you don't know about, but you're like, somebody's doing this magic. So to actually meet you mm -hmm. was kind of cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, I've had the pleasure of um, just doing a lot of different things. You know, when you introduced me, you talked about Vista Productions and I have to give credit for them hiring me, oh gosh, 20 plus years ago. Uh-oh, telling my age. You know, somebody who I really didn't have a lot of, I had no experience in the live event production business. And I learned from some great, great engineers and technicians. And um, it just was a good partnership where I was there to help them with the client relationships and information and providing them with the resources and tools that they needed to do their job from a technology standpoint. So, you know, on one hand, they're kind of my clients too, but I like making sure that everybody has what they need to do their job. Um, and then 10 years ago, I went through a divorce and moved back to Omaha, Nebraska, and I've been extremely blessed with um, being freelance um, and uh, self-employed with a lot of direct clients and some other production companies. And I love what I do. So um, I guess it's kind of like a, I, I tell people, it's like, oh, I'm a glorified project manager, um, putting people, places and things together. And um, handling the logistics of all of that. And then um, the show side of things, um, many of my projects I actually direct and call the cues and stuff as well, but not on all things. So, um, wide variety of different clients and things that keeps it very exciting for me. But this isn't something that you've been planning to do, right? When you were, let's ask, what did young Julie want to be when she? chased your dreams uh you know young julie um really didn't have um career goals i was from a you know middle class family didn't have the means for college and stuff like that i was in healthcare administration for 10 years um here in omaha at a hospital that i started when i was 16 and worked my way up there um and then I met my husband and moved to Kansas City 
worked in healthcare for a little bit there and then made a phone call one day and said, I'm bored. And, you know, somebody said, well, I know somebody who's looking for a production coordinator. And I was like, what's that? And they're like, yeah, you can do it. You can. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I, I mean, so that was like 25 years ago and that was on the video production side. And I did that for a couple, well, almost three years. And then company called and said, we want you to work for us. And my first day was flying to a Walmart meeting. So, and on the job training, again, credit all of the great people that I have been blessed to learn from and um, peers. And it's just, yeah, it's not what I, it wasn't a, a goal or a specific um, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Um, but I'm, I love it again. I am thankful for every opportunity I get and that I enjoy it. I, I truly enjoy what I do. Well, it seems to, so. to kind of lend towards your in, innate talents that you have. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're not bored anymore. Right. No, there's no boredom. And, you know, it's interesting because when I worked at Clarkson Hospital here in Omaha, like I said, when I was 16 and then through, well, 26, I was there 10 years. I, the last probably five years after I had um, graduated from high school and was working full time, my positions, um, I still did some like employee events. So you know, all of that kind of planning was happening, even though I didn't know it was ever like a position that, oh gosh, I could have gone somewhere and gotten paid to do that back then. So yeah, it is my nature and it's been an amazing fit for what I like to do. Um, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, having been in the industry for a bit, is this the kind of position or job that you just find on LinkedIn or through, I guess, the paper? Or is this something that people kind of network and you kind of do internships or something to get into the industry? How do you even get involved in that um, today? You know, I think in today's society, I think most people are, you know, going to school for the meeting planning or hospitality industry or production. Um, and you know, then are going to work for agencies or production companies and stuff like that. Um, freelance world um, as well, working as a, a meeting planner or a producer, production manager. Um, it's hard to start out as a freelancer. So I, I know that I had that extra benefit of having that experience full time before I went freelance. Um, and I'm hugely, uh, oh, wow, it's kind of scary that I made one phone call 10 years ago when I was first starting out and I've been in the right place at the right time or referrals for every other piece of business that I have. So, um, Well, even uh, you coming to Podcast Movement was a referral, right? Yes, it was. So... Um, you mentioned that I um, work with the National Spelling Bee, and that is um, a referral as well. Um, I was hired in Omaha by National Association of Sports Commissions 
for their annual conference that was in Omaha 2008. So it was just a few months after I had moved here to Omaha and they were looking for a um, director. So I got a local call and it was only like two days before the conference. And so on site just pulled a lot of things together at the last minute. And then they asked me if I was available to travel and could help them, you know, set these kind of things up wherever they went. And I was like, absolutely. And um, the next day I was given the dates for the next year. And um, that was kind of an ongoing thing for almost 10 years. And um, one of the staff there left and went to work for Scripps National Spelling Bee. She did 1D in 2015 and then asked me uh, if I was available. And so again, just movement there, went to um, handle their, um, the spelling bee for 2016 and 17. And then they recommended me to podcast movement because of the connections uh, that they have with Scripps and um, Dan Frank. So it, yeah, I mean, it, it's mind boggling to me to think of the blessings that I have been given. And uh, I don't take those lightly. Um, very, very humbling. I, I got to say, I mean, it, it's amazing the people you've worked with, the productions you've done. Have you ever, though, been worried about job security in the sense of, you know, with the, with in the 2000s, there was the recession and a lot of people who went to the web, you know, found themselves in, in trouble and especially in different other markets. Have you ever had that moment? I mean, because you as a freelancer are relying on these referrals and your network. Um, has that ever have you ever had that fear? You know, I, um, when I when everything happened in 2007, it was it was very quick. And, um, I have a strong faith in, in God. So I was just like, okay, what's the plans for me now? And it was a slow start. Um, I had a previous client <laughs> call me and say that they had been stalking me because I had taken my maiden name back and I had changed my phone number and my email, which probably wasn't very wise from a business decision. Mm. Um, so I worked with them for a handful of years and yeah, there's been moments in time where it's like, all right, what, you know, and it, it's been a few years, but what am I supposed to be doing? I, I've got a real open um, calendar for three or four months and got or am I supposed to be doing something different? And I've really, I mean, uh, that's my direction is where does he want me to be? And he always fills my calendar. I recently had a pretty significant number of days job cancel at the last minute um, that would have been coming up here in October. And it was like, oh, darn, you know, that was a big hit. And, and he said some prayers and it was like, okay, I'm not going to worry, you know, I, you're going to provide for me. And now it's crazy. I have three new jobs for the rest of this year. <laughs> and it's like, I don't even deserve this, you know? Um, so, I mean, again, my faith is where I'm going to put all of my gratitude is 
you know, if you give him the opportunity to provide, he will provide for you. And those three new ones, I mean, is on top of you already having had a busy summer. I mean, what is a typical month? What was your summer like? I mean, you don't have to tell us the exact events, but yeah, no. yeah. Um, actually, January through June are my cyclical, really busy times. Um, then July and August are typically more quiet. So I spent some time at the pool and enjoyed. I have a, I live in a, a town home with a pool and enjoyed that. And then it gets busy again, you know, like in August and September. And then it usually quiets down again in that October, November timeframe, but it's filled up again. And most of mine, again, are cyclical, which is awesome that they're annual events and conferences. And um, it's also weird though, Amy, that there's been ones that are typically, let's say, um, I do one that's called blog posts and it's all bloggers about pets. And typically it was in May and I had just gotten home from it when I got the call about the national spelling bee. And the bees date was when blog pause typically is, but blog pause had moved to June oh, wow. for 2016. And it was like, Oh my, it's just crazy. And then <laughs> Uh, it's just kind of those like things that are orchestrated with dates. And I'm like, okay, that just is um, kind of unbelievable. Oh yeah. And it's not like you can be like, Hey scripts, you know, that's not a good time. Can we move it? That, I mean, <laughs> right. right. You kind of know. And I, I can't imagine saying no to, to one of those if you're available already. Right. Right. And it, um, it is interesting because I do have enough on my calendar now that I have to be very cautious. I mean, even when I first talked with Dan from Podcast Movement, I was like, um, before we go any further in the conversation, when is your when is your event? When's your conference? Mm. Because I, I don't think I could say yes to anything of that um, large of a scale. January to June I, I couldn't do it justice because I I'm not going to do it unless I can do it well um, and another thing is I don't have employees or other people that assist me um, something I've thought about and there's been times where I've had um, a, a couple of you know smaller meetings for a day or two and I, I've got some people that will come in and um, manage that on the day of and stuff, but I haven't really taken that, pardon me, to that next step. Um, and I don't, I don't really feel called to do that. Um, I guess either. I'm, I mean, I'd love to help other people, um, find, you know, as much joy in doing this as what I do, but I, I also don't want to promise things that I can't fulfilled to them either, you know, by keeping their plate full. Sure. You want to just make sure that you take care of them if they do. I mean, you seem to be that kind of a person who wouldn't want to like take them on and be like, Hey, I got to let you go. Yeah. Because, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've had some freelance, you know, 
okay, I've got this and I need somebody else to go with. And, um, you yeah, know, but that's kind of how the freelance world goes too, is it, it's by the job, you know, so. Um, but that's also a great mentality to have that you don't want to just take the job for the sake of taking the job. You want to take the job if you can do it well, based on what you right. have going on. I mean, you know, that's probably why you have the referrals you're getting because of your standards. Well, I, I hope so. And yeah, I, I think, I think that's a big thing. And, you know, I believe in being kind to everyone as well. Um, I mean, I've worked with, you know, CEOs of, of very big companies down to, you know, the hotel staff and the venue staff. And I greatly appreciate what each and every one of them do and try to make them feel important. I mean, when we were in Anaheim, we had some of the most amazing banquet staff ever. And, you know, I just hope that they're always treated with um, kindness and respect for what they do, because if they weren't doing it, we wouldn't all be able to do our jobs, you know? Yeah, let's talk about that for a quick minute. In all the things you've done and all the productions and projects you've, you've overseen, it's not just you. You have all these teams and people working on this project. Is it is it just the local people? Is it, you know, people who love what they're doing, people you kind of reuse? Or how does that work? Um, it varies from event to event and, you know, from related to budget sometimes or just the scope of the project. I typically will get um, a conference and as a part of that, we'll be responsible for um, what I call the, you know, the RFP, the request for a proposal with audiovisual companies, let's say. And it might be the local company, it might be um, some of my preferred vendors that travel or another, you know, outside local company. And just to give the client um, comparisons, as well as just, you know, what they're offering and stuff. So it can be a combination of all of the above. And again, it just kind of depends on the client, on the event, um, you know, what you're looking for. Or um, the size of it and stuff can, you know, can be a deciding factor on that as well. Um, you know, I think generally um, I'm not somebody who's going to recommend the least expensive vendors. Um, I'm going to suggest the vendors that the best fit for, for us at the time. But generally, I can save clients some money um, just by being able to talk the talk and and communicate the needs up front. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then there's not a lot of, there's no gray areas. And we all know, okay, if something changes or adds or a schedule, um, it's pretty clearly known as things had what it's going to cost. So I think that's where the expertise on, on that is good. Um, knowing how to communicate with the venues and 
the in-house audiovisual companies that are responsible for you know power and rigging and all those things as well. Uh, again, it's just talking the talk and and knowing what to ask because um, they're not going to always ask clients. So um, being the expert in that area as much as I can. I mean, things are always changing and growing and trying to keep educated and informed on all the things that are changing and new. Yeah, it sounds like Again. you wear many hats, one of them being translator of jargon, technical jargon to layman's terms. Yeah, and that's what I love. I mean, I think that's what I love with many clients. I, um, I would say my fit is with maybe some conferences and stuff that have been happening for a while mm -hmm. and they've had a meeting planner or, you know, the owner of the conference or meeting that they're just getting overwhelmed. It's growing and they need somebody to help specifically with the audiovisual and production is my core side of things. I mean, I can do the other meeting planning sides as well, but that's my core um, desire is to do production. And so I do, I love teaching clients why I'm asking questions and what we're looking for so that they can learn and grow because I'm not somebody who, you know, information is power. No, 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 no. I want to <laughs> share information. I want to, you know, I'm going to learn what you want to know and what you want to learn. But yeah, that's my goal is there's being very transparent on why things are um, the way they are and what they cost and what they don't cost and what you're, you can do um, within your budget, uh, within safety, you know, all of those things are very important. Well, I think um, that's also funny because what... oh, I was yeah, just going to say that I think that's why you're so approachable or it's great to work with you because you don't make people feel bad for not knowing something. Oh, I, I hope not. And thank you for recognizing that because I mean, that, it's, it can be difficult, you know, um, everybody works differently. Um, so just, you know, how do you communicate with each client? You know, what do they want to know? What don't they want to know? And learning each of their uh, ways of communication. So I think that's important too. And that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, it's, it sounds like you're, you're an old pro at it, so to speak, uh, because of your years in it. But, you know, the other thing I was getting from what we're talking about is, you know, there are different avenues to being a part of these projects. And I think that's awesome because, you know, people who want to be involved and just don't know how, there's still hope for you guys. Just go out there and yep. look for it. Right. And I, I mean, for me, it was like, I mean, I was 40 plus when these changes happened in my life and I wasn't afraid to maybe take on um, something that maybe was less than what I had done in the past. You know, it was a good opportunity to, Hey, you know, it's some work here in Omaha or, whatever. I mean, U.S. figure skating is a, a perfect example. They were looking for a production assistant. I hadn't been in production assistant level for many years. Um, the person who called me was like, I know this is way, you know, 
less than what you do, but what do you think? And I'm like, it's eight days in Omaha in January. Why not? And that <laughs> has turned into an amazing relationship. Um, so don't be afraid or be arrogant or presumptuous or whatever that you're too good for those things. Because sometimes they can work out to be a really great opportunity. And no matter what I do or what I would say recommend for others to do, just do your best no matter what job you're doing. Um, it, it doesn't matter. It's, I, to me, it's being grateful for the opportunity. Now, is there any project that you're kind of, you would, you would definitely not turn down if it ever came your way? Oh, wow. I don't know. Probably not. Um, I mean, back <laughs> You're just in the so day, open to it. <laughs> you know, I mean, if it was against my morals or something, I'm sure I would. Um, well, that's good to know. If it were something, you know, if it were something like, oh, gosh, that's scary because it's huge or it's big and I haven't done that. Mm, you know, I'd evaluate it and make sure that I was the right fit. And if I wasn't, I would turn it down, but not out of fear of, oh, I can't do that, I guess. I mean, and even back in my day um, full time, you know, there was a couple of really big projects that, you know, there would have been others that were like, oh, no way, that's big, you know, and it's like, that's okay. I haven't done it before, but we can do it together. And I mean, I had a couple of really, you know, I, yeah. It's amazing the different things. But again, surrounding yourself by with people that are going to um, help you fulfill all of the needs that happen. Um, I think it's I very a, brave that you say that. Because, you know, oh. if, in, in the sense of if you're trying something new, if there's a, I guess, a program or something that you haven't done before, maybe in size, um, that you don't let fear hold you back. But that if you have the team and the people around you that kind of give you that confidence to do it, you would you would try try it because that seems scary to me to do something you've never done before yeah. and on such a scale. Yeah, I think it's knowing the basics um, for sure. And yeah, the key is making sure that you that I can provide the tools and the resources for the rest of the people that are going to fulfill, you know, the job, um, whether that's the audio engineer and the lighting directors and the video engineers and all of those uh, individuals that, that make the, the show sides of these things happen, making sure that they have the information from me to do their jobs well. Um, because men, in many cases, unfortunately, and this is why I have some of the business that I have, is that um, role is not filled. And so there's communication missed and stuff just because it wasn't provided to them in a fashion that they were going to miss cues or not know that so-and-so was speaking or what their slides were, their videos. I mean, it's not rocket science, but it's also not magic. It doesn't just appear. So you have to communicate it. Um, I say a lot of times it's like your air traffic controller sitting there knowing what the, the 
flow of that show or um, meeting, general session, whatever you want to call it um, in different environments, that you know what all of the resources are, um, the order in which people are speaking, you know, what their slides are, what their videos are. And then if something changes, you know what to communicate when it changes. Um, but that can happen with um, load in of all of the equipment and stuff too. I mean, I've been on things where, you know, a truck had an incident and didn't get there on time. And so we were delayed by, you know, five or six hours. And how do you um, adjust accordingly to still make it happen? Because unfortunately, these things are going to still happen at the time that they're scheduled to happen. There's no delaying it usually. You know, it's not like building a house right. where, oh, you know, it rained. And so we can't finish the house for another two weeks or whatever. That doesn't happen in the world of conferences and events and show business. So um, you got to get it done. Find some way, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Julie, I'm so glad you were able to take some time to to talk to us about what you're doing. Before I let you go, though, I have to ask, what is something, one thing, an action you would tell someone who's chasing their dreams to take today? Have complete faith that if you want to do it, you give it to God and he'll help you through it. I love that. It's yeah. gotten you this far. Absolutely. Well, Julie, thank Absolutely. you so much. I can't wait to see what you're doing next. And I believe you're helping out with podcast movement 2018, right? I am. Yes. In Philadelphia next year. So looking forward to that. Um, get to see everybody for a second year and see what new and exciting things we can bring to uh, make everyone's time even more enjoyable. So yeah, very excited. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Thanks, Julie. Thank you. And Dream Chasers, that was Julie Lightoff. How fun is her job, right? Uh, I'm sure tons of pressure, but she loves it. She's having fun with it. And uh, it's amazing, the productions they did. There was an Academy of Podcasters Awards that was at the podcast movement, and it was like the Oscars or the Emmys, guys. I mean, I look back and her team had like these eight, nine monitors that they were talking about. It was crazy it was cool so aside from the binder she keeps it moving and they did an amazing job and i'm sure she does that with all of the things but she did it because she had confidence in herself and took a chance and you guys could do the same thing and just go get it you know you guys can learn more about julie and the links all over on the show notes page at chasingdreamshq.com slash episode 119 that's episode 119 until next time dream chasers keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. <laughs>